Hello, this is Mike Ufferman with you today. Thanking you very much for joining us as we get into a study regarding the triunity of God, but more specifically about who Jesus is and about uh, Jesus as the Son of God. Now, the thing that we need to consider is Jesus is the Christ. And if Jesus is the Christ, then that must require that he is also God. I mean, I think it makes logical sense. And so if he is also God, then Jesus, the Christ, who's also God, must also be eternal. And so then the question, of course, is if he's eternal, do we see evidence of Jesus in eternity past? And I say eternity past because right now we are here in this period of time. Time is contained within eternity. Time began for the benefit of mankind. And time will continue until the Lord says time will be no more. But that doesn't mean that things cease to exist. We then enter completely and solely into the realm of eternity. So before man was created, there was no time. And that was eternity past. And up until the day that the Lord says at the end of the millennial reign and everybody out of the pool because we're done with this era of humanity and we then step into, well, actually we step out of time and into eternity at that point, that will be eternity future. And right now we're in the present this period of time. And of course, we know time is past, present, and future. So the question being then, did Jesus exist in eternity past? Now, eternity past is an important terminology. When we look in scripture, we can see in the beginning. And according to the book of John, we see in chapter one, uh, where it starts in verse one, in the beginning was the word and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So there's a very tight relationship there where the beginning, the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. So whenever the beginning began, the Word was there, and the Word was God. And so if God was the one that was making the beginning, God had to pre-exist the beginning, therefore the Word pre-existed the beginning. That makes sense? I hope so. It goes on in verse 3 and it says, All things were made by him, made by God, made by the Word, and without him was not anything made that was made. Verse 10, it goes on and it says, He was in the world, and the world was made by him. And so now we've got some kind of a manifestation of God in the world and the world was made by him, so therefore he had to be exist before the beginning when the world was made, if it was made by him. Sad thing is that the world knew him not. We continue in verse 14, and it says, And the word was made flesh. So this word that pre-existed the beginning, this word that was God, is God, was made flesh and dwelt among us. What an amazing thing to hear that God, the Word, dwelt amongst men, descended to being amongst His creation, to being seen as one of the created beings, and yet He was the creator of them. And we beheld His glory. Again, being written by John, who was one of those apostles that was with Jesus. 
beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So somehow in this big mix that God had, God was in the beginning. God was actually before the beginning. God was the Word. The Word was God. The Word existed before the beginning. The Word, God, somehow became flesh. God dwelt amongst His creation as one of them. His creation beheld His glory. And yet, this is the only one who would be like Him, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It goes on and it says in verse 18 that no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is the bosom of the Father, He hath declared Him. And so while we're looking at this concept of God, we have not seen the soul, God the Father. We have not seen the soul of God, but we've seen His physical manifestation. We've seen the Word become flesh, the only begotten of the Son which is in the bosom of the Father, and he hath declared him. And so we know that Jesus was God. Jesus existed before creation. Jesus was there at creation. Jesus became part of creation. Jesus dwelt amongst his creation, and we can know that for certain. And so I would just ask you to remember that verse, actually the series of verses, but this one in particular, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, 10, 14, and 18. So remember this verse. So now when we go back into this concept of Jesus being before, we're talking about a pre-incarnate Son of God. In other words, we're talking about God before He was physically visible to us as we see in the form of Jesus. So what was He like before we see him. Do we ever see Jesus before he was born to Mary? Is I guess a, an appropriate question. And so we can go ahead and we can start with Abraham. That's definitely before he was born to Mary. In the book of Genesis in chapter 12, we see in verses 1 through 4 and verse 7, it says, Now the Lord has said unto Abraham, and this is capital, four-letter capital, uh, L-O-R-D. So we're talking about the one true God had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto the land that I will show thee. So God, the, tri the one true God, is going to show Abraham where he needs to go. And I'll make of thee a great nation. I'll bless thee. Make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I'll bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. This one being has all of that power to do that. And so Abram departed and as the Lord had spoken unto him. So as God, the one true God, had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. And the Lord appeared to Abram. Again, this is capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the true God. And said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there, uh, and there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. So somehow the Lord, the true God, appeared unto Abram. Abraham. That's a physical manifestation somehow. And yet nobody has seen God the Father. So the true God appeared unto Abraham. So who has seen God? Well, we saw that one verse that no man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is the bosom of the Father, he had declared him. So if nobody has seen God the Father, 
And yet we know that the son declared him, who is this that's speaking to Abraham? It has to be the son before he was the physical manifestation of the son. And when Abram was 90, uh, 90 years old, and this is in chapter 17 of Genesis, um, 90 years old and 9, so he's 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram, the true God, and said unto him, I am the Almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. Verse 3 continues, And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father to many nations. Neither shall thy name be any more called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. If this was just an angel, he wouldn't be saying that I made this for you or did this for you because angels don't do that. This must be God. And he goes on in verse 6 and he says, I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee. This can't be an angel establishing a covenant with Abraham. It must be God. And thy seed after thee, in their generations, for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee, and to thy seed after thee. This can only be God who's saying it, because it's God who's saying, and I will be a God unto thee. And I will give unto thee and thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger. Only God has that power. All the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So he's affirming who he is. And we see that seed begets seed as we continue to read. And I will give unto thee and thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And so seed begets seed. This is not people being engrafted. This is children bearing children, bearing children, bearing children after generation after generation. So engrafting is not what we're talking about here. That land be given specifically to Abraham's seed and we know that's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as you move forward in time. So again, no one has seen God, and yet God appeared, appears to men. And in the New Testament, we see that Jesus declares God. So if God is appearing to Abraham in the Old Testament, it must be a pre-incarnate form of God. In the Old Testament, God has many multiple manifestations. And most often, the physical manifestation of God is seen as the angel of the Lord. And so we'll begin our next session uh, when we gather together the next time and we'll discuss the angel of the Lord in some detail as we realize that before Jesus, Jesus was a mis uh, still a physical manifestation, but as God, as we just got done seeing with Abraham, and now then as we discuss the topic of the angel of the Lord and a number of physical manifestations that we see in the Old Testament, in the First Covenant. And so we'll look forward to meeting you again. And my name is Mike Ufferman. Hope you've enjoyed this session, and we'll invite you to come back the next time. God bless you. Bye-bye.